Hey everyone, it is another day of God's grace, and you have found Alter Echo, and that makes me very happy. This is Pastor Andy Smith, St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Let's come into the presence of God together and join our faith. This week we have got the beasts of Revelation chapter 13, but also a raging forest fire out west in the United States and up in Canada that has been sending smoke, as you know, across the country and darkening the sun, turning it blaze orange. We've got a raging, ready-to-explode Delta variant with COVID and so many other things. And so on this week, when we are dealing with something in Revelation that looks a whole lot like a cataclysm. There are lots of things around us that might qualify as good analogies of the beast that bears down on us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo this week. I'm sitting at my kitchen counter on an 82-degree Minnesota Friday, taking the last sip of a piping hot double espresso in the afternoon. And it is good to be together. You heard that we are heading back into Revelation this week. We've got one more week after this. We'll take a pause next week and go after a little different set of scriptures next week before we come back for the final session in Revelation the following weekend. So good to be with you as we begin this month of August and as we are getting into the dog days of summer as we call them up here in Minnesota when kids go back to school, when athletics start up again in the schools, when fall is not that far away, and when we are just trying to eke out the last bits of a summer. I hope you are safe. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are vaccinated and doing your part to get this pandemic under control. That's what it's going to take. We know that now. And so I share with you in the hope that we have of what is to come when this finally is behind us. And we can look at health and look at some sense of normalcy in this life. This weekend, we are going back to masks at St. John's Lutheran in Lakeville, Minnesota. We have to. It's part of our, what our safety team is calling us to do based on the numbers in our part of the metro area of the Twin Cities. And so we will do that until we don't have to anymore. But thank you for coming along on this journey today. I'm so glad to join you in this week's scripture and message. Should we get to it? It's the 13th chapter of Revelation. Listen to what the writer John says. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads. And on its horns were ten diadems. And on its heads were blasphemous names. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And the dragon gave it his power and his throne and great authority. On one of its heads, there seemed to be a death blow, but its mortal wound had been healed. In amazement, the whole earth followed the beast. They worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Hmm. The beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. 
Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. It was given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the inhabitants of the earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb that was slaughtered. Let anyone who has an ear listen. If you are to be taken captive, into captivity you go. If you kill with the sword, with the sword you must be killed. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast that rose out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf, and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound had been healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in the sight of all, and by the signs that it is allowed to perform on behalf of the beast, it deceives the inhabitants of earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet lived. It was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast could even speak and caused those who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell who does not have the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let anyone with understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a person. Its number is 666. Everyone, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, huh? How do you deal with all that? Well, I'm going to try to unpack that a little bit for you today and give you some permissions and some freedom um, and let some of the pressure of understanding all of this uh, come off of our hearts and our heads a little bit too. So, But before we do that, will you pray with me? God, in this moment, remove every distraction from each of us. Help us breathe and open up and yearn for your truth for our lives. Center us now by your word, which is not just the words of scripture, but also your very living presence here and in our world in the risen Christ, the word made flesh, who dwells among us full of grace and truth by your promise. Amen. All right. First of all, today, let me ask you uh, if you are a fisher person. How many of you are fisher people? (laughs) Here's a fishing analogy for reading Revelation, especially today's passage. 
Don't get caught up in all the details. Here's the freedom, see? Because they'll just take you way down into the weeds. It's like a northern hitting, a pike hitting your line, and you don't keep your pole up like your mom or dad told you to do, and then he takes your rapala right down into the weeds and wraps himself around those weeds and then snap. All you get back once it's all over is just an empty fish line blowing in the wind. We've all been there if we have fished. Okay, so clears mud, uh, hopefully clears a bell. Don't worry about all the details. And certainly don't get caught up in trying to figure them all out because we can't. Second, today's passage of the beasts is the reason for the subtitle of this sermon series. The title is Embracing Revelation. Let's get our hands around it and, and appreciate it and come to it. But then the t- subtitle is Not Letting the Empire Strike Back. Of course, that's an allusion to Star Wars. In Star Wars, it was good against evil, just as it is here, a real thing in life. The empire in Star Wars represented evil, a beast in the universe, always attempting to exact control over everything and everyone. Well, the beasts in Revelation are just this, same thing. They are the manifestations of the empires and domination systems in our world and life that relentlessly want to control and threaten us. The beasts are the manifestations of evil and sin that, if left unchecked, would destroy us and the globe. The beasts might be like caricatures, of course, monsters from fantasy stories, but they aren't just fantasy. Those beasts are very real to us. And more than anything, are the very reason Jesus does battle with them on behalf of all humanity. To have their power crucified with him. He takes them down and has those beasts' power die with him so that he can conquer them for us, and they can't have ultimate authority and power over us. So, don't let Revelation take you down into the weeds with numbers of horns or flashy diadems and crowns or whether a dragon begat a beast or an angel fell out of heaven. It's all part of the vivid imagery of how multidimensional evil is to us as it persists in our lives and ultimately wants us to give in to it. You heard that in the first half of the reading. The people were afraid of it. So here's where two things have to occur. One, we have to be courageous and honest in naming the beast of evil and domination so that we can battle against it and put our faith in God doing battle against it also right with us and on our behalf. Sometimes naming evil and sin is the hardest part. One person's evil might be another person's, ah, that's no big deal. (laughs) Doesn't it often depend on whether a person is either benefiting from something, even if it's evil, or instead is being battered by it and is suffering under the weight of it? Yet, as people of faith, God gives us benchmarks to know whether evil is evil and sin is sin. 
commandments, lists of vices, but also their opposites, like the fruits of the Spirit, or the Beatitudes, or even Jesus' gospel itself, so that we can assess when evil and sin really are evil and sin. And we are called to fight against it, even if it is our own complicity in it. The second thing that needs to occur is that we need to hear and act on God's calling to us out of this chapter of Revelation for when we encounter the beasts and the evils of life. You heard it. It's verse 10 of chapter 13. It says, Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. This is all about us being united together as people of faith, united to not let the empire, the domination systems, the threats and intimidations and the principalities of this life make us hopeless. This is about not letting those empires strike back at us, see? This is about persisting in faith that God is our hope and can take these down in real life. This is about the church standing up and being the church together as a witness and community of hope and strength in facing down that which wants to do harm to people in this life. This is about persisting, even if we're afraid. This is about persisting and then ultimately out-persisting evil that always seems to have unlimited energy to try to suck us in and take away our energy to fight it anymore so that we finally just want to give in. This is about persisting in saying, no way. We, people of faith, are not going to be either enchanted by or threatened by evil. We are not going to let evil and domination overtake faithfulness and a good life for everyone, not on our watch. Here, as Revelation says, is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Here is a call for the church of which you and I are part together, being united with each other and drawing on our faith together for the very sustenance we need to endure and outlast evil, sin, hopelessness, intimidation, and division. So all can live in the light of the love of God. So, what is the empire, the beast, for us today. <laughs> I named some in the intro today. There are all kinds of things bearing down on us. We, we could probably name a thousand things. I want to offer one and then let this truth of God today start to germinate awarenesses and courageous namings of threats in your own minds and hearts. In the first century, when Revelation was written, everyone knew Emperor Nero perhaps the worst and most bloodthirsty and tyrannical of all the emperors, was the beast being talked about. He was the number 666. He divided people against each other in order to gain more and more control. You know how it goes 
divided we fall, united we stand. He divided Romans against Christians, friends and neighbors against friends and neighbors. He did throw Christians to the lions for sport as other Roman citizens sat in the Colosseum and and grotesquely cheered on the lions. Division of people in our time is strong again, so I'm naming this beast. It's a domination of us that is enchanting to each of us, however, at a key visceral level because we all want to feel as though we are in the majority group, the group that's in control, the group with the power. Every single human being wants this deep down so they can feel safe. Yet today, we are made to choose among many sides along strong, falsely manufactured either-or dividing lines. Gender orientation, race, political leanings so strong right now, national allegiances, and the list goes on and on and on. The most dangerous part of this is that the more dividing lines we allow ourselves to be pigeonholed with, the less and less control and unity we have with others. This is dangerous, but this is where we're at. It cannot be lost on us that in the middle of battling the beasts of empire and domination in our lives, which we feel and know very personally and emotionally, the writer of Revelation stops us right in the middle of chapter 13 and says, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Our faith is in Christ who spectacularly and specifically lived, died, and rose to unify people, not to divide them. Our faith is in Christ, whose call to us to endure is that we would go to every length to name our common need together, to push back against division and anger and growing rage at each other, and pigeonholing people, and participating in demonizing certain groups, and pitting people against each other. Things like this are the beasts that rise up and overtake people so that they can't even think for themselves anymore. We are called to endure and finally to be faithful to Christ. Who does the opposite of these? He reconciles people to himself and to each other. He heals relationships. He lives by the law of love. He seeks unity and community for all in one worldwide community of peace and equality. We are called to endure in these same ways. So no beast No empire of evil or domination or sin can strike back at us and at the world and finally take us and the world down. Today, everybody, I want to close with Marcus Mumford's version of You'll Never Walk Alone. That's what this is ultimately about today. 
We never walk alone because Christ is alive and present in a real way with us. And we, as Christians, are called to endure, to be alive and present with each other as well. Just as last Sunday's sermon, which you didn't hear from our new pastor, Pastor Kim Kylo, spoke loudly of God's accompaniment of us in our walk of faith, so God goes with us as we endure. Right now, in this life and world, with the gospel of love, of oneness, and of hope in this sometimes very threatening, yet still beautiful life God has set us in. Listen now to You'll Never Walk Alone. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. Be afraid of the dark at the end of storm. There's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of love. Walk home through the wind, walk home through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give.
And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.